Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing Me. I have a candy in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, you missed it, Corinne. It's fine. My name's Corinne. And my <laughs> name's Rainy. <laughs> and welcome back to another episode. Thanks for tuning in, guys. <laughs> hey, they can't all be winners. <laughs> no. We're going to start thinking we like pre-record that and just top it at the end of every episode. Well, they know we don't. Yeah. Now they know. <laughs> and I'm glad that we don't. <laughs> Um, so if you didn't already know, because you don't follow me on Instagram, which is fine. No, you don't have to. Guys, I have a cat and he, in this episode in particular, is very loud. So just be aware that you're going to hear him meow and growl and throw toys around in the kitchen because there's no getting around it in the editing process. (laughs) His name is OJ, if you're concerned. And he loves me. He does love Rainy. He just sits by her. All the time and she just pets him for hours it's <laughs> very soft he's very very soft this week we have maya fur she's a photographer who i've been a very big fan of for a long time i've been following her on instagram she's super cool her photography photography is very interesting and i'm very excited i'm very excited that we got to sit down with her mm-hmm. big fan big fans here we go hey my name is maya fur I am from Victoria, British Columbia, and I'm currently living in Toronto. I'm an artist and a photographer, and I've been in the fashion industry for about 10 years. And I have an exhibition up currently at 10 years ago gallery called Textile. Cozy, I really want one of these couches. Sectional? Yeah, sectional, so Mm. comfy. This couch is nice, they got very lucky. Yeah, we bought it off like some family on Kijiji for our like 400 bucks. That's a hell of a deal. Yeah, like three years ago. So, and my roommate, when she left, my original roommate, she was like trying to ask me to buy it from her. And I was like, we've lived with cats for two years. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you're going to take it? She's like, no, I'm not going to move it out of here. I'm like, I'm not buying it from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you were call. staying in New York, were you working as an artist there as well? or um, Recently? You said you were just taking So, yeah, I was, it was just for four days. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I was in New York last weekend for four days, and I was cat-sitting for um, one of my really good friends, Jay Miriam, who's a painter, mm. and she was on her honeymoon, and I was there for work, so it worked out really well that I just stayed at her place. Right. And it's a really crazy apartment because she's a painter, um, there's just like paintings everywhere. Yeah. Like it's like floor to ceiling, like paintings. <laughs> like when I wake up, there's like, I'm just staring at like a beautiful painting of like a nude bodice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I really, really enjoy when I, I when I get to house it for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what were you doing for work there? Um, so I've been collaborating with a brand called Everybody World. They're out of LA. And it's two women who used to work for American Apparel. And they've created this new company that's sustainable. And they have guest designers, like, um, design one-off pieces. And they'll collaborate with, like, artists or actors or, like, a man that they see at the park every day playing chess. Like, they just choose, like, different personalities Mm -hmm. to design garments that they feel like are missing from their wardrobe. So I've been shooting all the portraits of the collaborators in L.A. and New York. And then in New York, I was shooting 
Obama, or sorry, Michelle Obama's stylist, which was pretty cool. Oh. And who else was I shooting? And then I was shooting um, Kaylin Holloman. He's a photographer, and his partner May, and she's a self-portrait artist. So I shot them together in a park. Wow, yeah. wow. that's cool. How? Because mm-hmm. you've lived in Canada your whole life. Mm-hmm. How have you made these like amazing connections, or how do you feel like you get like? Do you apply for positions, or I guess is it all through networking? Um, it's really hard to say. Um, this job in particular, I reached out to them because I'm trying to work for more sustainable companies mm-hmm. because it's what I believe in, and I, I've been working in fashion for so long. I'm really like dedicated to. Um, just shooting like meaningful work that makes me feel good. So I've been reaching out to a lot of sustainable companies. So, so that one was cool. And I got on the phone with her and then we sort of like formed a relationship and now I'm shooting for her. Um, but a lot of the time, like magazines or brands, just, I don't know, the internet is like yeah, a yeah. cesspool. So I have no idea how a lot of people find me, but it depends. Like I do work super hard to get work and like email people and pitch ideas. So it's like half that, half people just being interested in my work yeah when you like reach out to people to pitch them an idea of what is you said sustainability Mm -hmm. what are other things that you look for in brands um I think funny enough fashion is a realm that I constantly get hired in but it's not when I'm pitching I actually usually take the time to pitch not brand like unless it's sustainability I'll pitch to fashion brands but because I always work in fashion I'll do the opposite when I'm looking for work so I'll write magazines like I just pitched to out magazine it's a LGBTQ magazine in New York Um, and I had talked to the editor and he told me the next theme that was travel so I like spent time to like share all the amazing spaces we have in Toronto and Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'll just think of like ideas that are out of the box, um, because fashion for me isn't as like fulfilling as it once was. So that's not where like my pitches are going these days. Right. But with that being said, there's so many brands I would love to shoot for. And I definitely need an agent that is going to help start helping me like pitch to those like bigger brands. Cause that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So Right. Yeah. Was I'm fashion at one point? Many worlds. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Was fashion at one point the the what you thought would fulfill you? Um, like fashion, it I, it's really fun shooting fashion. It's not like I hate it or anything like that. Um, I just I kind of fell into the fashion world. It wasn't what I initially wanted to do when I started taking photos. And it was actually a really interesting story, like how I started um, taking fashion photographs. Um, I Well, we were talking about Vice before. Yes. Um, but basically, I was like living in Montreal. I was working coat check, um, super poor, you know, classic <laughs> like Montreal living. <laughs> and I was taking photos for fun. And I had documented my friends in their messy homes because I just thought it was like so funny that we were just like all living like complete slogs. <laughs> and it was like such a like snippet of time I wanted to capture. So I like 
was talking to Vice and I was like, I'd love to document my friends in their messy rooms. And that series turned into Garbage Girls. And it was my, my first big um, photo series that like got a lot of like press and um, media and stuff like that. But basically Vice said that the only way I could shoot this documentary series is if I had a stylist um, bring some like branded clothing and then I feature it and then the magazine would call it like a fashion story. So I was like really confused. I was like, why do we need fashion in this like in a garbage (laughs) home? But I was like, I'll take it if it's going to get me published, like let's do it. And then it's like, I feel like I'm still have that motto where I'm like, I have an amazing idea. It's something I'm like excited about shooting. And then fashion just has to be in it for the magazine to get exposure. Right. So it's like something I'm still grappling with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. I guess because if, and is that, I guess, well, Vice isn't even a fashion magazine though, is it? No, but they had a fashion section. Mm. So I guess. Right. I honestly still don't understand how it works. I, like, I've been in the like, fashion industry for 10 years. I don't know why magazines have to put brands in. Because I understand... It's like a monetary thing. Is it like advertising? Yeah. Is it monetary? Is it like help pay the bills? Yes, but the brands aren't paying the magazine. So it's really interesting. Like, I'll shoot for a magazine and they'll be like, okay, you have to put a Louis Vuitton purse in because Louis Vuitton buys an advertisement. Mm-hmm. So I get that, but then it's like, but then why do we have to put all these other brands that aren't actually buying ads from you? Like you're just giving them free advertising. <laughs> like it's, you'd think I would know this by now and I don't. Interesting. <laughs> it's like, I should really know, but I wonder if it's like yeah. they, people they want to partner with or they like want, I don't know. Maybe it's just like all ass kicking or your ass kissing. Sorry. Yeah. Or I'm wondering <laughs> if it's even something to do with like they buy a large portion of like subscriptions for people or like I don't know. I yeah, I guess like the reader. That's why they're reading because they want to be like influenced. But yeah, right by like what they see magazines, which is so not how I read. But I guess no. that yeah, I guess that's how it happens. But it's yeah, it's funny. It's just like an interesting concept that like for me to publish my photographs it usually has to be a fashion story to make everyone happy right weird does that make sense yeah and i guess that's sorry no you continue and then how do you feel about that if they're not a sustainable brand in your photos and don't align with like that part of well that's okay i i've like accepted it's just like part of Mm. my job Mm. so i'm not going to be upset about it and i still like the clothes are amazing like it's really like fun to feel them and see them but um I've just realized that instead of incorporating my ethics into my commercial work, I can just do it like with my art practice and like fundraising. So that's what my recent show was all about sustainability, my recent art show. So I figured out how to like have both worlds like collide. Right. And like, yeah, and not have everything like meaningful and perfect because I have to make a living. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. How did this like, passion or, um, for sustainability come about? Do you know? Um, yeah, well, my mom is a sustainable designer. Oh, cool. And my sister also has a sustainable clothing company. Uh-huh. So it's just been in my universe since I was young because I'm from Victoria. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Victoria? I've been to Vancouver. Okay. Not Victoria. Been up to, like, northern BC. What was your experience with, like, people's style? In Vancouver? Yeah. Not really existent? Yeah. Yeah. 
it's like everybody wears Lululemon and like that's it. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> shocking. Face. When I go back, like I actually, I look like a clown. Like if I just have a little red lip sticker on or something, like everyone stares at me on the street. Yeah. Cause yeah, it's super like natural and like only. I feel like we just had, like we had a friend, we actually had a, a girl on who's also from, wasn't she also from Victoria? Who? Or Vancouver. I thought she was from Victoria as well. That's why we were talking about oh. our friends. Anna Catley. She's a Anna... film editor here in the city. Oh, cool. Yeah. I don't know. If, if she was from Victoria, I'd probably know her. <laughs> um, but she's from Vancouver? Or... I thought she was from Victoria. Okay. Ooh. But we just Maybe. had this conversation about, like, how Victoria <laughs> is, like, drink the Kool-Aid. Like, everyone's like, mm, you should just move here. <laughs> yeah. It's just better. It drives people crazy. She's so much better here. And, like, everyone just, like, pretty, yeah. like leans into that, like, kind of hippie... Oh yeah, Whatever it's like a, it's a, like a right. There's a righteousness for sure, oh, for which sure. I'm like guilty of, very much so. Like mm-hmm. every time people ask me about British Columbia, I'm like, you just don't even know. You just have to go there. It's it's heaven. It's paradise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, it is like drinking the tea because you're like, you don't know until you do it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But it is beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. I think it's like we. I mean, like we went to school in Calgary, and I feel mm. like. I, because we went to school, we have a lot, there was a lot of people that would come from Vancouver, like North Van, Victoria, mm-hmm. and come and like take go to school there. And they all lived in like the same apartment block called D Block. And like, so we like play this game with my friends in Toronto now where I will like know if somebody's from North Van, like yeah. guys or whatever. Like if like <laughs> we're like out with like a bunch of my girlfriends, and there's these guys. I was like, that guy's from North Van, and they'll be like, how do you know? I was like, the righteous. <laughs> Or just, like, totally. the, the way that they, like, speak and carry themselves. Just because I, like, grew up go- going to university with, like, all of those people. Yeah. Which are, like, lovely people. But there's definitely, like, a... There's, like, some sort of, like, characteristic that seems to, like... I could probably pick up on it as well. Yeah. And they're probably a skater as well. I feel like North Van has a lot of skateboarding because it's a hill. Mm-hmm. It's, all like, all hills. So, right. yes. I, in high school... My friend Claire and I used to go almost every weekend to North Van. We'd like travel for like five hours every oh. weekend because she was dating a skater over there. So <laughs> yeah, we would go all the way to North Van and just hang out at this huge house called the Bro House. Oh, and it was like, you know, one of the guys just had a lot of money and his like mom was never home. Like yeah. she lived with her boyfriend. So we had this like huge house to ourselves. Um, and yes, so I know exactly the North Van kind of breed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can. It's so funny. Yeah. Anyway. I just had like a thought of like what's worse, dating like a musician or dating a skater Ooh. boy? Oh. I don't know, but I don't really date either. So. Me neither. Yeah, I stay, I stay away from both. But what would be worse? I almost think a musician. Yeah. I do. <laughs> So yeah, I couldn't. No, same. Like, I'm like, I hope none of my friends hear this, but my mom always said she dated a musician when I was younger, and he was like this like cowboy guy named Craig, and he'd like always have his banjo, <laughs> like long hair, and he ended up like cheating on my mom, and she always said she was like never date a musician, like they're always gonna love their music more than. You or yeah, and like they'll always find attention from other women, and I I've had that like ingrained yeah. in my head. Oh my gosh. So I've like really never date, or I maybe just briefly, but I just try to stay away. Yeah, for sure. Or I don't have to try. It's pretty easy to stay away because they're busy. They're like jamming with their friends. You know? <laughs> I also feel like that's like 
musicians and skaters are like a type of boy that I liked in like when I first started liking boys probably. When Avril Lavigne came out with Skater yes, Boy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then I feel like for some reason all of like I feel like we've had our friends have come to this conclusion where like why are we dating musicians again? Or like why is everybody dating musicians? They're like the fucking worst. <laughs> and like, it's at this age now that we're like, yeah, this is what we don't need to do for like our own health and like for our own, you know? No. Yes. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah. I've been in a relationship for like seven years, so I'm so not that single yeah. person to give advice, but it is very frustrating when my, my friends date musicians that like treat them badly. I'm yeah. Like, oh, bummer. <laughs> yeah. Are have you are you in a relationship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I've nice. been in a relationship for five years now. Yes. Yeah. Nice. It is still funny to talk to <laughs> talk to all of my girlfriends who are in that process. I have lots of girlfriends yeah. who are single and yes, <laughs> it's fun though. I think I would go crazy if all of my friends were in relationships because. I mean, Everybody in my situation, we're both like very independent, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I call it like fake single and not in the sense that I'm like looking for other people to hook up with, but I'll like go out and, you know, go partying and he'll never join me. So it's like, I, yeah, I really like need single friends. So Mm -hmm. we're all, we're not just like eating meals and like watching movies every night. You know, there's a bit of motivation to go out. Are you in a relationship? Yes. Nice. My partner, I've been together for just over two years now. Nice. But he is an introvert to mm-hmm. a very big degree and mm-hmm. so Spencil needs to spend a lot of time on his own yeah so that's also was hard to deal with when we first started dating because I like didn't understand and never dated an introvert before and was like mm-hmm. much more extroverted than him yeah and so it was like a learning curve but now that we've like figured it out I'm like mm-hmm. he's like you want to come over we're just gonna sleep I'm like because I'm tired and I was like nope yeah bye <laughs> yeah as long as you're like getting what you need outside of the relationship. Yeah. yeah when they're introverts, it's nice. Cause you can just like relax with them and then go, yeah, do everything you want to do without them Yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. I always find it weird when couples like are there need to do everything together. Or, like yeah, if no. one of them's leaving the party, they both have to leave. I've never related either. I've yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine being like that. But at the same time, it does work for people, especially if, yeah, if they're, like, best friends and, like, need to be around each other. It could be kind of cute, but, yeah, it's not for me. Yeah. It's not for me. No. No. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, What is your new show called that you were doing? My new show is called Textile, and it's at 10 Years Ago Gallery. It's a new gallery um, across from Gallery Mall. And yeah, I'm super, super proud of the show. I worked on it for about five years or so. Wow. So it feels really good to yeah have the work like physically up on wall on the wall. But yeah, it's like light boxes, 3D prints, rugs, video installation, aluminum sculptures. There's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's a huge space, so right. it works. Um, and yeah, it's all about the cycle of fashion. Mm-hmm. So it's super textural, walks you through like every step that a garment goes through in its lifespan. Wow. And yeah, you guys should come and see it. Yes. I'll be there on Friday and Saturday for the next two weeks. I decided to, yeah. Be there. Be there. That's cool. Yeah. Um, how did something like 
your photography work translate into installation or like other art like that? Mm. I think mostly I just like really don't like being on my computer. So I think I just hit a point, I don't know, maybe like six years ago where my artistic outlet was to um, edit and archive like my film photos. Like that was like my outlet, right? right? I like had all these photos of like my friends or like some random piece of garbage. And then I'd be like, oh, this is a great photo. Put it on Tumblr. That was like my world. And then I think as I started like working in the fashion and uh, commercial world, it that joy kind of got like sucked away because I needed to be on my computer for work. So right. then I was like, okay, I need to have an outlet that's like physical. Yeah. Like making things like physically and not being by my computer mm-hmm. and that's sort of how it happened. And then I got really sick of like seeing photos flat, like on my computer screen and then prints were super flat. And I was like, I need to just like show photos in way unconventional ways that are like exciting to me mm-hmm. basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were there any other artists that you were looking for to in- for inspiration in that like unconventional photo way? Um, good question that I probably can't think of on the spot. I'm trying to think. Like I do appreciate a lot of artists and I love going to the museum and galleries, but when it comes to my own artwork, it's rare that I'm like inspired by you know, Mm -hmm. like looking at photographs of someone else's work, like Mm -hmm. it really does. It's like an intuitive thing that just like comes. And a lot of that's out of talking to people. Like I do surround myself with people that I can like constantly talk to and be inspired by. Mm -hmm. So I'd say, yeah, like my inspiration would be my friends, like Luna Codes, they're a photography duo, or like Chris Levitt, my partner, or Camille Jordan Ng, who like, you know, we'll sit and have wine and talk about art and then I'll go home and like, you know, write, write down ideas. So I think it's more so like being inspired by friends than uh, other artists. Oh, they are artists, but other artists in history. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah. The, art you, guys... you, the art you surround yourself mm-hmm. is influences or inspires the work that you make because it's relevant in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find like... Yeah. I'm also, I think, very similar when someone asks me something like that. I'm like, I mean, my colleagues are who I'm most inspired by. Mm -hmm. The people like trying to do what I'm trying to do and like working through it and in finding the same problems or working through other problems. Mm -hmm. By colleagues, do you mean other dancers? Other dancers, other like independent filmmakers, Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And do you ever watch videos of other dancers to like spark you up Mm, no I would say that I like go either I go see live work or I'm like in a process with that person yeah so so we're similar in that way like I get to work with that person and in that working relationship you get to know them in a really intimate Mm -hmm. and different way than just uh meeting them on the street so Mm -hmm. and that's What's inspiring? So in both of your dancing, do you dance solo or do you have like groups of people that you all like choreograph something together and dance? I guess it just depends. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Sometimes, I mean, it also just depends if you're dancing for somebody or if mm-hmm. you're creating. Usually um, if you're creating, I think uh, 
you're, you have dancers who are mm -hmm. there. And if you are dancing for someone, then it's kind of your job to interpret mm -hmm. um, what the creator is trying to get across. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it just kind of depends yeah. on what the project is. Um, I just mm -hmm. produced a show. Um, so I had six dancers and three musicians in it. Um, Ooh, where was it? It was at the Peacock Public House. It was an immersive live show. So it was a dance show that happened like in like proximity to the audience to kind of break down those boundaries and barriers that are often created. Um, but then I'm also like in the process of creating a solo as well for myself. Cool. Um, but I don't know. I agree with, with that. We get inspiration from colleagues mostly, but I have... Because in my research, more recently, I'm beginning to see the value and understand in, in knowing your historical mm -hmm. um, roots. It doesn't just mean knowing your historical roots in like the overall discipline. So not just knowing my historical roots in, in dance, because that's such a broad term. But if I was working in like immersive work, knowing my historical roots in participatory performance art then. Mm -hmm. and how that like that participatory art form is really an umbrella term for site-specific um, immersive um, performance art installation mm -hmm. work right so I think when we know our our roots and the history and you know Alan Kapau and you know the happenings and all these people that have come before us I think that there's more understanding for what you're creating and it just adds like texture mm -hmm. and um depth and depth to the work yeah you know i don't know that makes sense and also you need to know if it's been done before which yeah. is definitely a neg the negative side of like not being inspired by other art is that you could just yeah. be recreating it and you wouldn't even know yeah. and it is something i'm like constantly working on like I think I get a bit too in my own head mm -hmm. when I'm making art and it's like yeah intuitive and mm -hmm. all that but I it's something I know that I would like to work on more is like the history of right. art and photography and right. what's been made before right. me um yeah so I know what you mean it is super important mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah but I mean I do find I mean I think inspiration is is mostly in your peers right and who you surround yourself with and what you surround yourself with Mm -hmm. um, do you two yeah. dance together? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did our degree together in Calgary. Mm. She was a year ahead of me. And then we danced in a company for a year together in Calgary. Cool. And then both ended up in Toronto without ever knowing that the other person was here. Oh, great. And then how did you, like, reconnect? Did you just bump into each other? I, I mean, I was living in Montreal, mm -hmm. dancing there. Um and then I just decided to move to Toronto and then I just reached out because I knew Corinne was here. Corinne had reached mm -hmm. out, I think like a year, just under a year prior asking something about a question. So, mm -hmm. and then we, um, and then my like second question to her was like, do you need a job? <laughs> and I was like, obviously. Amazing. Yeah. And then we worked at a bar together for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Which bar? Uh, the Books and Social. It's like right over yeah, here. Yeah. I've never been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cool. So you yeah, knew mm -hmm. each other before and danced. Yeah, I when I saw your photo, I really thought you were this girl I went to acting, not acting school, but acting class with Alana, because she also moved here, and I was like, maybe she changed her name. But you look <laughs> so similar to this girl I did acting class with. Oh, yeah, I should show you a pic after. Yeah, do it. Mm -hmm. Like my Instagram, or on her yeah. website. On her website? 
How did it, like, which picture did you see that? Oh, like? I guess I just looked at your Instagram. Creeping? I think that's probably, yeah, <laughs> of course. You got to do your research. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Listen to a couple of the episodes <laughs> in bed. Yes. Looked at all your pics. I really like the photographs of you guys. They're fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I find that part of being kind of like a an artist <laughs> stupid word <laughs> stupid word <laughs> um is this like having being able to do stuff from your bed i've worked so much mm, from my bed good. this past week like just fully horizontal computer like on my boobs just oh yeah we're <laughs> doing research and it's amazing i don't understand how people put clothes on every day and like put a full face of makeup on and go work in an office with an AR. At like yeah. 8 a.m. I couldn't do office, but I definitely am a cafe dweller. No oh, doubt yeah. about it. I cannot. I definitely, like, get out of bed every morning and, like, get to work not in bed. Like, oh, okay. I think if I did that, it would just be a bad scene. <laughs> so I definitely make sure to get out of bed, go to a cafe, mm-hmm. get to work. But with that being said, when I do have those, like, nights where I'm, like, I'm just going to fucking, like, put my laptop on my belly and, like, eat soup in bed like a savage, <laughs> it's so comforting. And you can get a lot done, like, you can. with no. it on your belly. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I yeah, so I know, I know the feeling you're saying. Yeah. But, yeah, in winter it is hard to get up. But I really, like, I, may, I force myself. I'm, like, I, I usually can't stay at mm. home later than noon or something or else I like feel like I'm wasting time yeah it really just depends like what works for you and yeah how your brain functions like I feel like my brain constantly runs like if I'm out of bed and like I've left my house it's running up here which when I'm like doing writing stuff is like not good (laughs) not helpful yeah it's not helpful Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah but when I'm in bed I feel like I'm at this like weird calm like zen state that I can just like process thoughts better. Mm-hmm. What Which, what do you like surround yourself in, with in bed? Like what's the scene? Um, I ha- we have like a lot of music usually. It's chill or like candles. I light a lot candles of candles. Are good. Mm. I always have coffee. I like perpetually have a cup of coffee Me every too. in every room of my house. <laughs> Same. It's like half cold. Same. Yeah. yeah, it's either a coffee or the kettle is going off yeah. like at all times. Same. Yeah. Same with me. And then just, like, a series of the same snacks over and over that I, like, will get, mm-hmm. like, stuck on. And I'll, like, go down and make, like, a rice cake with, like, hummus and cheese. And then, like, and then like two hours later, I'll eat, like, a granola bar. Or, like, <laughs> healthy snacks. snacks. Yeah. I mean, at least you're eating healthy. Yeah. Or I'll, like, move. Sometimes I need to move down to, like, more sunlight. So I, like, open all the windows in the house. Mm-hmm. I think it just depends. I, I just need to be comfortable. Like, I, the cafe, I feel like I get very distracted by... Mm-hmm. the sounds and everything and I mean I understand yeah. like it feels kind of like insp- inspiring because there's people around you that are busy and doing it and you're like I need to be busy too but mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that I get like I just get like two and then I, I have this huge notion about like if my coffee's done do I just sit there and like oh, how yeah. much coffee do I drink in the minute <laughs> If I like to plan on being there for an hour, I don't know. But, like, <laughs> yeah, it stresses you out a bit. Stressful about it. Anyway, <laughs> I get that. Yeah, I find that I'm much more productive like in the early mornings. Oh yeah. So I like have started forcing myself to get up in the morning and do work mm. before I have to leave the house. Yeah. Because if it's three o'clock and I'm coming home and I'm have taught or like had a rehearsal, 
I'm like physically exhausted, so I like can't mentally do anything. Uh -huh. Like my writing skills, my editing skills, like yeah. are so much better in the early hours of the morning. Totally. And I find like to get a lot done in the morning, you really have to have structure. Like I find the night before, mm. I have to write a list of exactly what I'm going to do. Totally. Mm -hmm. um, so I, my partner has literally been making fun of me because I was feeling like pretty frazzled. I was like, I have so much to do because I like work for myself. I, mm -hmm. I never have like places I need to be, right. especially in winter. There's not a lot of photography work. It's pretty slow right now. Um, so it's all like self motivated mm -hmm. and, um, to help me, I made, I, I got like a huge, um, white cutout thing board and I made like a huge February calendar and like I'm writing like meticulously like from 11 to 12 this one to two which is very unlikely me mm -hmm. but I'm like I just need structure right now because I'm self-employed yeah and yeah it's just like he's been making fun of me because I wake up and right away I go up to this like calendar I'm like, okay what, what's today but it's exciting it actually yeah. makes my day way more fun yeah. because I like I don't have to think about what I have to do I'm like I know I'm doing this today yeah. so Right. Let's do it. There was like two, yeah. the first two weeks of January where I really didn't have any deadlines mm -hmm. and the weather was shitty and it was like really hard for me to do anything. Mm -hmm. Like things on my to-do list were like things that didn't have an end date, things that I just yeah. had to like get to. Yeah. And I found it was like very unmotivated. Yeah. I spent a lot of time watching TV and a lot of time sleeping. And I was like, this is, mm -hmm. this is either I'm like recovering from the crazy December and like burnout yeah or I'm like slowly slipping into like a sad seasonal depression <laughs> yeah type, I get that tape sleep yeah I get that and I think it's like super overwhelming yeah when you don't have deadlines and you have to make it mm -hmm. yourself and you have just like all this stuff you have to do um and it's easier just to not do anything I mm -hmm. feel like I have definitely been in that world but I'm realizing lately it's like you just have to make structure like the to-do list doesn't really work because you actually have to make a list that's like what you're going to do each day actually in reality not yeah. just like this like big overall picture <laughs> of like I'm going to make you know a thousand dollars and go to the gym a lot you know like <laughs> it never works like you really have to like be realistic about it yeah and that's what I'm finding but I get that like slumber mode where you're just like oh my god I right. don't have the energy for any of it but I have so many plans mm -hmm. and so much potential have you ever experienced burnout um, it's not a term that I've ever used, burnout. Um, not really. Like, I don't... So is burnout, like, when you're, like, you do a lot and then you you go down yeah. after you feel down because you're, you were lit and then you're burnt out? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> For me, um, it's like that or, like, when I'm working and working and working. Yes. When I'm, like, juggling a lot of things and then all yeah. of those things come to the close a very similar time mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden I have nothing and I sit in my like exhausted state and I'm like oh and then I'm like tired and sad for a little bit I get that yeah I think that's only normal like of course that happens to me um sometimes finding a lack of inspiration or lack of motivation is also I would say is like a burnt out mm -hmm. like having troubles finding mm -hmm. right a reason to create or like you feel like everything's been done or I yeah like sometimes I like I'm, I, I, it's funny because I was like listening to your podcast this morning and then I was like, okay, like, you know, this is all about like the frustrations of being an artist. Right. <laughs> and I was like listening, you guys were like bitching a bit and I was like, I like this. This is good. <laughs> but it's funny because 
I'm like, my friends know me to be like ultra positive to the point where it's like annoying. Like people are like, just relate to me for a minute. But like, to be honest, I am the kind of person that like, I don't really, if I am burnt out or I am like unmotivated, I can get out of it like very fast, Mm. which is great for me. But I think people around me can get like super, um, unrelated and annoyed. Um, but I was listening to your podcast and I was like, you're actually catching me at a perfect time because I'm PMSing really bad right now. And I actually am very frustrated with my situation with like my art practice. So it's, it's a good time, um, to talk to me. Um, so yes, I don't want to sound arrogant and say I don't experience burnout because I do. And I just don't want to sound too positive all the time where I'm like, yes, I do. But, but this <laughs> is and like, let but it that's up. also like the reality of who you are. Like, yeah, it is. Fine. And it is a reality. And I do really like to empower artists as well. Like when people are feeling down and like uninspired, like I do want to be that person that like mm-hmm. helps people see the other side mm-hmm. because I've gone through a lot and kind of figured it out so Mm -hmm. I like yeah I like to be that person what are you most frustrated with in your practice right now oh my god I'll tell you (laughs) so this is okay so I'm super independent I do everything by myself I mean I have like people that I trust and they help me out um but for the most part I'm like I'm super like I'm like a control freak and I like to just do it my way and recently I was like you know what I'm gonna like put my trust in other people and start collaborating more Mm. and I had this art exhibition and I kind of like took a back seat I was like okay I'm showing at a fancy gallery you know my work is gonna sell everything's great I can focus on other things and then it was just one of those like lately I've just been frustrated because I'm like oh it's like the one time I'm like trying to put trust trust in other people to sell my art but then when it comes down to it it's like it's back at me and I'm happy doing it because I enjoy it but it's I yeah I'm just having a hard time working with people because at the end of the day it's like I may as well do it myself right so now I'm like gallery sitting the gallery like it's my show but I'm like you know what I'm gonna sit there like I mean I'm getting paid so it's great but I'm like I'm now taking a leadership role when, like, I was trying to not. be like, I'm going to, you know, not be a leader. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but I'm frustrated, for sure, because right. I, wa- I had really high expectations for, like, the work to sell all that. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't really been. So mm-hmm. you're catching me at a good time yeah. when it sucks to be an artist. <laughs> Do you have those people who are in your life that, you're, that are able to, like, take take jobs from you? Like, do you have like a team of people I do. that are like able to be like, let me just make this, just put it over here. <laughs> I, I do. I have people I really trust like assistants and yeah. stuff like that, but it gets hard when I'm not making a lot of money because yeah, I don't, I'm not going to have them do it unpaid. So yeah, it's, I have people I really trust, but they deserve to like be paid, you know, be on salary for the amount of work I need them to do. Right. Um, so that gets tricky because right now I'm not making a lot of money and I'm trying to save to move to LA. Mm. Um, so yeah, I have people I trust, but then I can't really pay them. So it's tricky. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. There's like that weird line of how many favors do I ask mm-hmm. of some, someone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But when they're getting paid, they do, they're not going to complain. No, <laughs> they like no. it. Favors, though, yes. yes. Favors, I learned the hard way. Um, yeah, you can't ask too many favors because a lot of people 
will not say it's bothering them and then you know they bottle it up right oh, yeah. um and for me i'm the opposite like if something bothers me i'll, I'll say it like right away i'm very direct mm-hmm. so i've learned the hardware way where not everyone's like me and i really have to like yeah yeah ask questions are you are you happy doing this job is everything good like right. what mm-hmm. do you need mm-hmm. so yeah yeah do you have assistance we have a junior producer which is the Devin. Yes, or Devin. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Who is a dream. Who is a dream. Yeah. She's great. Cool. Yeah, yeah. She's great. Yeah. And is then we she have a dancer as well? She's an actress. She's an actress. Yes. Very cool. Yes, yes. Um, we just, like, needed someone to, you know, handle, like, the daily emails to, like, look at our availability and look at our schedule mm-hmm. and, like, go through the list of people we want to meet with and, like, mm-hmm. fit people in and, like, do that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And yeah. do, like, little editing stuff for us. Like, when we have proposals or, like, um, ideas that we want to pitch people, we, like, send it to her to read. Or to, like, from ideas. an outside yeah. perspective. Yeah. If you had no idea what we were doing, how would you, like, what is missing kind of thing. Yeah. And so, like. Perfect. Super helpful. Yes. And just, like. Yeah, the emails and proposals, like, what you're saying, it's, yeah. like, exactly what I get people to help me with. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the stuff that gets super. Draining. Draining, yeah. yeah. It's like we get we have to have time to create and like, you know, work on our own stuff and that is really time consuming. I'm sure you've realized just like keeping in contact with people. Yeah. Yeah. Writing is also very time consuming. Like writing is Mm -hmm. if you truly are trying to think about what you're putting on a paper, which I've like started to recognize, if you're really like I don't know, I feel like the way I used to write proposals was just like these are the things. Mm. But now if you, like, think about, like, actually what you're trying to say and mm-hmm. what each word means and, like, really trying to, like, define what you're doing to make it just, like, a little bit more distinct, it takes a really long time <laughs> to, like, yeah. write about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I just had that experience um, a couple of days ago. Um, this, like, German magazine I think it is they asked me they have this really cool project where they have a bunch of definitions of words and they get artists to create their own definition and they wrote they asked me to define euphoria mm. and I for like a month I procrastinated because I was like this is going to take I think they only need like one sentence but it that's the kind of thing I'm like no I need to like focus and like <laughs> right um but I finally did it. And I seriously, like writing 30 words took me maybe three hours. Like I was just like every single word. But it, it ended up being really a really beautiful definition. So I'm excited for it to um, be published. But yeah, I know what you mean. Like just having that time to like clear your mind and write yeah. takes a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Also like trying to label. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things people when they're asking you to write or you're writing proposals or defining your work they're really you really need to label what it is and understanding what your label is and making it consistent mm-hmm. throughout the entire praxis is like it's the hardest part yeah. I've been using the same artist statement for literally six years so yeah. I yeah it's really hard to describe in mm-hmm. words what you're doing yeah yeah probably in dance even more so I don't know. It's hard to, like, write those kind of, like, artist statements and bios and not writing it for another dancer or for, like, another someone in your field Mm -hmm. and being, like, have it accessible. And then what is fluff and what is not. And Yeah, because I I find that a... Sorry. 
Oh, no, you keep it's going. Like, do you have a bunch of people read it? Like a bunch of your like fellow dancers? Like I have not in a really long time. Yeah. I haven't like applied to anything like big that required me to have that recently. So, no. You, you don't apply for grants? You do? We haven't. I mean, I am not eligible. I'm a master's candidate right now. So oh. because I'm a master's candidate, I personally am not eligible oh, for I didn't any. Know. Um, you can't apply for a grant because I'm already fully funded by mm. the government mm. doing what I'm Got doing. It. Mm-hmm. So we, I mean, I guess we could, but I think it seems very suspicious if yeah. I'm in in the mix. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Yeah. And just like what type of work is being funded right now in Toronto is like not the type of work that we're doing. Mm. So yeah. what about this podcast? It's, podcast like doesn't have a... We're trying to... It's, like, very it's, weird. It doesn't have, like, a granting or funding reason, like a... Stream, yeah. Oh, you would think that there w- there was a grant. Yeah, I'm just assuming. I'm like, you'd think there would be a grant for podcasts or in journalism or... In media, it's, like, film and TV and, like, music. It's not, like, in... Yeah. It's not, like, this kind of media yet. Strange. I imagine it's very similar to, we talked to a comedian about it, and they don't give grants for comedians as well, because if they fund a comedian and the comedian says something that's, like, took the wrong way by, because, you know, a certain group of people or whatever, Mm -hmm. then they're responsible for that. So I'm what I'm assuming is that, similar to that idea, because you're interviewing and because we're a podcast with opinions, et cetera, if we were to say something or interview someone with that backing, then it would, like, look like you know, Canada Arts Council was backing the opinion of said people who might not mm. be an actual. Blah, blah, right. Blah. That and makes I also sense. wonder if sometimes our title like puts people off. Mm, being an artist from, from like a like collaborating with certain groups in the city, like certain artists. They're like, mm, I don't know if I want like my theater thing to be associated with like this. Does that make sense? Yeah, I get. Yeah, I get that, because the title sort of... Like, tongue-in-cheek, like, a little bit aggressive. Yeah, it's aggressive, but I I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, because it's free speech. So, you know, I think it's called Being an Artist is Fucking Killing Me, and that might not necessarily be the case for me, but at the same time, I have this amazing platform that I can just talk about what's working and not working. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, you don't... It's, like, so much more than just the title. You're creating conversation. Totally. Right? I think yeah. it... I mean, I personally think that it, like, shows... And it immediately eliminates any people that aren't, like, going to do their research. Mm. Yes. Right? Because totally. I think if you are just, like, immediately throw that off because of its title, then mm. you aren't actually, like, listening to what is happening. You're not doing your research. You're not thinking, like... You know, totally because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a podcast called like theater now might be like, <laughs> <Theater now. laughs> might be, you know, <laughs> yeah. more opinionated and more like aggressive in what their actual content is. Mm-hmm. But right. Yeah. I definitely like your title. I think for me personally, like I like on the way here, I was like, but what if I don't want to talk about negative stuff? Like, yeah. that's definitely came to my mind. Yeah. But I think just, like, through talking, I mean, I'm just yeah. creating that space. But, yeah, for me, like, 
um, being an artist is like more like saving me a lot of the time than actually killing me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like privileged and fortunate enough to like make a living off my art. So I really do try to mm-hmm. have that overall mm-hmm. mindset because like not everyone can make a living off art. Like totally. I'm super lucky, right? Mm-hmm. So, but at the, at the same time, it can be very, very frustrating because mm-hmm. you have to yeah juggle making a living and having time to make art and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also saying that not that because I don't love our podcast title. I was just mm-hmm. thinking in terms of like, oh, what if someone just like saw that and was like, mm, no. You know? Yeah, like at, at Ontario Arts Council or something. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. But then maybe they're, if it's like a private organization, they're not someone that we want to like or would want to collaborate with because mm. they don't like quote-unquote get it maybe you could make a joke title being like being an artist is possibly making my life harder than it could be (laughs) podcast (laughs) or something like that and then they'd be like oh yeah we get it Mm -hmm. no but I I like the title and I like your like hot pink color it's like flashy it's yeah it's bold (laughs) I'm I'm such a mom right now (laughs) you guys are doing great more (laughs) we're okay with it yeah (laughs) um speaking a little bit more about those like artistic statements though do you ever read artistic statements and are immediately thrown off by reading someone's or like do you read someone's and immediately think like you stop reading it because you're like ugh let me think. Good question. Well, the only time I really read artist statements are like in a gallery, and I feel like, but in association with work already. Um, well, I'm just trying to think when I even read other people's artist statements. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't think. Sometimes when it's like too like academic or intellectual. Right. I'm like, oh, come on, you know, like right. I didn't I didn't go to art school. I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about. So I think for me, yeah, I can have like maybe eye rolling moments when I don't actually know what they're talking about because yeah. there's too many big words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then I've also been guilty of that. I feel like I see that and then it gives me this impression that I need to like have this academic piece of writing. So then I'm being kind of a hypocrite because then I'll like you know, get my roommate to write this amazing artist statement that I don't even really know what she's talking about, but I'm like, it sounds great, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I feel like I'm influenced when I read stuff like that. Um, and maybe I should just be like, this work is about blah, blah, blah. Like, I should really just write it myself. But there is, like, a standard, I think, in the in the art world Yeah, to be super I like articulate. Also, I like the same. If it's too academic, I'm just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. But, like... On the other spectrum of that, if it's too, like, floofy, by in the sense that if it's too, like, talking about your nostalgia and your personal, like, um, your, like, entire life and how it's brought you to this point. And Mm -hmm. if it gets a little bit too personal, I feel like I get very thrown off by it. Yeah. Like, I just, that's another moment that I'm like, ugh, like... Mm-hmm. We need to know about this one. Yeah, actually, now that we're talking about it, stuff is coming up. I really don't like um, when there's, like, articles about, like, females. Like, that really, like, makes me angry to the core. Um, I don't, like, think it's always necessary to, like, say, like, female artist, yada, yada. It's just, like, it's not totally. a thing. 
and when I was like becoming more well known like whatever seven years ago it was during that time of like feminism was you know coming up again and it was all these female photographers and it was pretty amazing because it it helped like my career because finally like magazines like ID and Days were like, oh, female photographers, let's do it. And girl but at the same yeah. time, like I could not answer those questions. I just didn't even understand them. They were like, oh, what is it like being like a young female photographer? And I'd always just be like, what it was yeah, yeah. me being a woman have to do with mm-hmm. it? Like I just didn't get it and I'd never answer those questions or I'd always like, you know, beat around the bush or something. But that definitely yeah, it's a bit eye-rolling for me when it's, like, too, like, female-heavy. Yeah. That's just my personal, my personal feeling. Yeah. I feel like there's, like, this weird, this the fine line mm-hmm. to, like, use your identifiers and your words that, like, actually establish who you are mm-hmm. and then relying on those labels to, sell, to, like, those are the only things that help you do your work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Explain further. Um, so if like my only thing that's going to get me sold or get me work is mm-hmm. that I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. So then I start to re- rely on that one label or that one identifying thing about myself. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing I present to the world. Mm-hmm. It becomes like almost like disingenuous. Yeah. And that's definitely a take. I feel like a lot of, yeah, people, I totally get that. Like a lot of females probably feel like like they have to use it because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't gotten them work in the past or whatever. So I totally get like relying on that. Um, but in my like personal experience, that hasn't been a thing. Like I've never, I've never like relied on being a woman to get work. I'm just like, I'm talented. I'm a boss. That's <laughs> why I'm here. You know what I right. mean? Totally. So, but then, yeah, then again, there's, there's a lot of frustration that comes from, being a woman, which does come up for me, like, yeah, I think it's, it's, you never want to use your, I guess like, star, I don't know, not a star quality. That's not what I'm looking for. You never want to use star your, quality. your, like star, your female power <laughs> as the reason you get a job, you know, the same way that you never want to like get a job because you want to, cause you like sleep with someone, you know, you want to yeah. get the job because you're the best person for the job. Exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I feel like that has missing a lot mm-hmm. lately, you know, because there's so many like buzzwords and hot topics happening constantly mm-hmm. that people are just like jumping ship to whatever, right? Um, you know, mm-hmm. whatever they can identify themselves as because, right, because we're in the arts and because we're, it's about getting work and we're constantly being put up against other people. It's about labeling yourself as something different. And we've been told to stand out but really we all stand out on our own it's just whatever that whatever's being looked for at that moment so I think sometimes it's hard we get caught in these like trying to find these terms and Mm -hmm. ways to differentiate ourselves Mm -hmm. I I get that Mm -hmm. I do Mm -hmm. strange yeah 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 I do get that it's rough it's rough out there. It's rough out there. <laughs> it is rough, but I think, yeah, as long as you just, like, are doing what you love mm-hmm. and you believe in what you're making, it's sort of irrelevant what sex you are mm-hmm. or, like, if you're attracted 
to the same sex or both sex or like mm -hmm. everybody. Right. It's sort of irrelevant if like you're proud of your work. That's just kind of all the yeah stuff that people find out about you. That's really interesting, but it shouldn't be like what drives you or like what gets you the work. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you got to believe in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I was listening to someone the other day talk about um, how they were talking about the cohort that they had come up in. And I was like, I never, they said that they never thought that that person would make it. And then they had that conversation with that person and they turned around and was like, I did. I thought I would make it. Mm -hmm. And like that made that person realize that you have to just like have the drive mm -hmm. and you have to believe in yourself and do the work because no one else is going to like believe in you mm -hmm. or do the work for you. Right? Yep. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard. The work is hard. The work. Yeah. Well, that's exactly it. It's the, I feel like for most artists, like it, that's the struggle right there. Like I'm saying, you know, you have to believe in yourself, but then that's like the hardest part is mm -hmm. a lot of the time like trusting yourself and knowing what you're doing is the right thing and and all that mm -hmm. um so yeah I've definitely yeah I've had my moments for sure where um like before my before I was showing in galleries I always thought because I didn't study art or I didn't go to OCAD and I didn't have like the language that I wasn't going to be able to have an amazing art practice or people weren't going to take me seriously. Yeah. Um, and that was sort of like stopping me from actually getting the art shows because that's what I would bring into the space when I was talking to people. Like I'd be like, oh, they're going to think I'm stupid anyway. So like why even talk about my work? Or I would miss a lot of opportunities with gallerists because that's what was like going on in my head. I was like, oh, they're, they're thinking I'm stupid. So then I would kind of like shrug them off. And then I realized that that was actually what was stopping me from fulfilling and being an artist. And I know that that's in my heart, like that, like being in a gallery and having my work on the wall is like where I feel most self-expressed and that I just had to sort of get over, yeah, that idea that like I wasn't worthy or like I was stupid and yeah, like a lot of the times, like within this year, that's it's actually been a amazing um, switch for me is because I actually like went back to a lot of those gallerists that I kind of uh, talked to thinking I was stupid and, and just like reinvented myself with them. And I was like, no, this is what I believe in. I really want to have a show. And yeah, that's kind of what I'm talking about in like generating yourself. Like, of course, you're going to have these like down times, but you can always just move past it. And maybe you've thought you were stupid in the past, but like, you know, mm -hmm. just just keep going. Yeah. It's great. Is being an artist fucking killing you? Um, This week? Yeah, it kind of is. It's been a fucked up week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is this week for sure. Um, yeah, because I did take a lot of time off work, like work work, which is like, you know, fashion photography and all that. I took time to make all of my pieces to be shown in the gallery. And it really took about four months. And now I'm kind of behind on my work and right. making money and I'm realizing, oh, maybe it's unrealistic. Maybe I'm not going to like 
sell all these pieces and like be able to donate parts of the proceeds to this nonprofit that I've like really wanted to make a difference in. It's teaching kids about sustainability. I like had this big idea. I was like, I'm going to make, you know, $20,000 and like, you know, $5,000 is going to go to the nonprofit. But now I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not, it's not so realistic to like be an artist and make money. <laughs> so yeah, it is fucking killing me because yeah, financially I'm not where I want to be mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. That's real. What about yeah. y'all? <laughs> Is it killing me right now? Yeah. I'm in like a writing state right now. I'm mm-hmm. burnt out. Yeah. I'm waiting for April and then I'm taking. Actually, no, that's wrong. I am happy. I'm like going back to just being a dancer again and not having to write soon and not have to like be a, you know, head honcho. And I'm really looking forward to that. Mm hmm. And just thinking about movement and being physical, but in terms of like writing and creation right now, I'm so beyond burnt out and like, I feel very like I need a break. So it's yeah. killing me right now, but mm-hmm. yeah. um, I've had like a really messed up week, you guys. <laughs> what happened? Oh yeah. <sighs> so mm, work that I had I'm going to put it this way and then I'll tell you the full story. (laughs) Um, Work that I presented on Monday got presented really poorly. And so that left me feeling very upset. Um, Tuesday, I got a letter from the CRA. They reassessed my taxes and I owe them (gasps) $3,000. That happened to me last year. Yeah. Except mine was way more than that. (laughs) But yeah, bummer. Yeah. Yeah, bummer. And then just like... You know, it's just like little stuff this week where I'm just mm-hmm. like fucking tired and I feel like I'm hemorrhaging money out of my life right now. Mm-hmm. And I like specifically worked really hard in like October, November, December so that I could not work that much in January and February. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like all my, like all my savings are gone. Like I don't have to pay all that money to the CRA right this second, but I'm yeah. like, cool. That was, that was like what I, my safety net for, for the two months. Yeah. You know? hundred percent. Yeah. And then also, yeah, if we had money, like we could just, you know, go to Mexico and Mm. go on a, and like say, fuck this, go on a horse and like (laughs) trot down the beach. Like so many people do, you know, it's like, that's like the biggest shame about not having like extra funds is like not being able to like go on vacation. But with that being said, I did go to Chris's cottage last weekend, which was pretty nice, but it'd be nice to go on like a very tropical vacay Mm. right now just to get you through the winter. Yeah, totally. Um, January, February is like a good time to go on hot vacays, I think, because you realize that this is not going to be done for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I say this as it's shitting snow from the sky, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We have a while yet. Yeah. A little bit. We have a while yet. Um, Yeah. I had it. I saved a lot of money last year because I was super busy and... um, Basically, we had to pay something like $15,000 to lawyers to get our um, working visas to move to L.A. Oh, yeah. So Hmm. that's also, like, really hard for me right now because I have this, like, very clear goal that it's, like, I want to move to L.A. in the summer. I have the O one. Mm-hmm. I'm like ready to work. I'm gonna be inspired there. It's like I can very clearly see it, but then 
because I gave up all that money, I'm like having a hard time actually making more money mm. to afford to live there. Because you should really go with like at least, you know, 15,000 to like pay for first and last rent and like do the whole like also new American. city thing and yeah. like buy new things. And totally. so, yeah, I just feel like it's hard to even get a head start right now. And I really want to go to L.A. like really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking L.A. is the best. It really is. Have you been? Um, yeah, I've been a couple times. I yeah. really like it. I just like love California in general. Me too. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Have you been? <laughs> yeah, my parents used to have a, we used to have a, like a winter place out there. Oh, that's nice. And they got rid of it? Yeah, we got rid of it a while ago. Damn. So, so I haven't been in like a long time, but... Yeah, I don't, I'm more of a city person. I'm not like mm-hmm. a beach city slicker. I'm like a New York. Oh person. God, yeah, I'm a not big me, city lady. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't like. The... <laughs> That's absolutely insane. I think so too. How can you not like the beach? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like the beach. I don't. I my boyfriend's Australian, so might, he must be upset about that. He, I mean, even like Australia. Like, I like when we go there now because I can go, but. I don't know. I I didn't really like grow up in like the ocean. I grew up in a lake. Yeah. You know? He's eating your hair. So I'm so sorry. The ocean kind of really fucking grosses me out. Hmm. I grew up in like one of the clearest lakes in Canada. So it's like the salt and like the Yeah, the ocean hmm. really freaks me out. Um I don't like being in a bikini. It's not like my style Ooh. is to be in like a bikini all day every day. What about a one piece? I don't really like bathing. I don't like bathing suits. I like, hmm. I'm oh. like pale. I don't know. You're like literally <laughs> the opposite of me. I'm like, put me in a bikini, like on any beach, and like uh, I'm in all day yeah. every day. Yeah, I could wear a bikini. I could just be naked, like all <laughs> forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, we're very opposite. Yeah, I just like, um, yeah. So what's your dream vacation? I like love going to like, like I love huh? Europe. It's, like, one of my favorite places. London is, like, amazing to me. I like cities. Uh, I would like to go to, like, Portugal, I guess, and, like, Spain and stuff like that. Um, but, I, yeah, I'm not, like, a beach person. I like, like, hot places, but I don't like beaches, I guess. It makes sense. Yeah, if you're, if you're not, yeah, from that sort of climate, it makes sense. You're just not used to it. Yeah, I'm not used to it, and then I just don't like fashion-wise. I don't really like it. <laughs> Wait, lost it. I have to pee. Oh, that's okay. okay. We can actually wrap right yeah, now. Yeah, we can wrap. Yeah. Um, take us out, Rainy. Yeah. Um, but yes, thank you so much for... Yes, <laughs> for having... For coming. Yeah. I have croissant in my mouth. Thank you for having me. It's such a cozy atmosphere. Right. For this snowy day. And it was really good talking. Yes. Um, if you guys want to know more, where can they find you? Mm, find me on the internet, <laughs> MayaFuhr, F-U-H-R dot com, and write me an email. I'm really good at getting back to people if you have any questions. And, yeah, my Instagram is also just my name. Perfect. Uh-huh. Um, and thank you guys for listening. If you have any questions for us, um, please DM us or get at us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Basically any place, you all know where we are, and I will see you guys next week.